I'm Taffer. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah. We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So this week we are actually uh, reviewing another new release. We're on a tear of new releases. And this is Bedazzled by Ryan LaSalla. This is a nice little fun read. Um, It runs about, you know, 300 pages. It's a pretty easy weekend read. It is about Rafi, who is a teenager in Boston who loves to do cosplay and is going to a... Uh, essentially Comic-Con that has a big cosplay competition. Um, And also his ex is there. His ex-boyfriend is there. That's basically the premise of this book. It's so fun. I really like this. And I'm very excited to be talking about it with you, Bailey, because I think you and I represent the crafty contingent of the uh, podcast recording team. Yeah, we absolutely do. I think that we were the the correct people to, to, to probably love this book the most, at least in some specific ways. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It was, it was very fun and delightful. I also learned while reading this book that I enjoy very detailed descriptions of costume construction on the same level that I enjoy detailed description of delicious food in books. It's like the same like like delight that gets activated in me. <laughs> I I have to agree with that. I feel like it's probably dopamine, like it's the like satisfaction chemical or whatever, but the same part of my brain that loves watching all of Great British Bake Off, the same part of my brain that likes to um, watch all of Blown Away which I know you also watch, really enjoyed reading all of the descriptions of the cosplay and how they did each element and the design. And I mean, I also costume, so it was really exciting. I'm not a cosplayer, but I've done a lot of theater costumes, so I really enjoyed it from that perspective um, and kept being like, oh, I could use that. Oh, I could use that. That was fun if we ever have theater again. Yeah, this made me This made me desperately desire like a, a cosplay competition show for me to watch in the vein of yeah blown away and great british bake-off which incidentally i was watching great british bake-off like immediately before we started recording this episode which uh, which which season are you on are you watching? the 10th season the 10th season the one... it's a fun one yeah it is i'm enjoying it i um i really enjoyed in an angry way the like fashion competition show that came out on netflix that was fun for me. So this kind of made me think of that. I feel like Ryan LaSala was probably partly inspired, though I had very angry opinions about some of the judging on that show. I think that they sent the wrong people home on several occasions, although I do think ultimately the right person won. Okay. I also felt that way about Blown Away this season, to Ugh. be perfectly honest. We, we share this opinion, I know. <laughs> we both share a hatred for one particular contestant. 
who who just who just so personal okay you know what we're gonna come back to bedazzled but so personally personally i don't believe that somebody who has taught several of the judges should be a contestant on the show because i felt like he kept being like haha i didn't listen to the brief but i just made up some bullshit and the judges would be like well you've been blowing glass for 30 years so what do we know and wouldn't send him home and that is why you shouldn't do that 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 was a bad idea and he knocked some very good people out of the competition um for bullshitting at the last minute because he thought he was above the brief so that's my personal feeling on that yeah absolutely like he the first time that he just like fully disregarded the brief he should have been gone also he was like such an asshole and i i cannot abide assholes so especially when you're like being an asshole and it's very clear that being an asshole is just your brand and you've just decided like from the very beginning he's like yeah I'm cocky I've been doing this for 30 years I'm like so if you're so fucking cocky why do you feel the need to prove yourself in this competition huh if you've been doing this for 30 years why weren't you asked to judge sir if you're so great yeah Yeah. although it was it was an exquisite satisfaction when he was like this person's gonna go home before me and then he got eliminated that episode it was beautiful i loved it and i hope i hope that he just like steps on attack annually <laughs> all right so bedazzled is a book that we read <laughs> it is not about glass <laughs> however it is about a competition show and i liked that mm. so much i really enjoyed that i don't know how realistic it is for a reality show to be able to just suddenly be like guess what teenagers you are competing on television like i feel like probably they don't just do surprise you're on tv that much yeah but uh but i enjoyed it and i liked it and i was glad it worked out that way mm-hmm. no it was i did not know how like because we we got to the to the end of what was supposed to be the end of the competition, like halfway through the book, and I was like, "What is what is going to be the second half of this book?" Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was very fun and very well done, and I liked it. I really really enjoyed costumes that had fungus growing out of them. I thought that was fun. It made me mm-hmm. want to make a fungus cape, and I liked it. Fungus cape is like deeply your brand. Fungus cape, fungus cape. What are they wearing? It's a fungus cape. What? Okay. Uh, I did just receive a very witchy dress in the mail that I'm excited to wear. It does not have any mushrooms on it. Oh my God. We are reviewing a book. We're reviewing a book. It's called Bedazzled. It's by Ryan LaSala. We both really liked this book. So mm-hmm. I don't even know where I want to go first. But Mm. what's in my mind kind of floating to the top here that I really appreciated is I feel as though I have never quite seen uh, a mother-child relationship that was quite like this in a YA book before. And Mm -hmm. I really appreciated it. I appreciated it so much. Like, so Rafi's mother is a very prominent, famous gallery owner and artist. And their tension, because there's got to be tension, is that she's very high art and uh, she really thinks that Rafi should do everything exactly the way she she did it and be exactly the kind of artist she is. And more than that, she cannot stand cosplay. So we have, I just found it really fun that it's like he's interested in 
design. He's interested in art. His mother is a is an artist, but he has to keep what he does secret from her. I really appreciated that. I feel like it's not like quite a take I've ever seen. And I thought that relationship was handled really beautifully throughout the book. Yeah, it was a really interesting take on like a perfectionist overbearing parent that is a little bit unique and also you're right like usually it's fathers who get cast in that role I feel like it wasn't even so much about it being the mother rather than the father for me as it was about her being an artist who was criticizing his particular brand of art rather Mm -hmm. than it being I expect you to be a lawyer like me or a doctor like me and why are you wasting time with art like she totally understands that art is is worthwhile but she thinks only some kinds of art are worthwhile yeah absolutely like in many in many ways she does not i mean i think in every way she doesn't actually see what he does as art is like the big the the sort of the big conflict there and i want to talk more about that and like how this book is thinking about like art versus craft and like the devaluing of accessible forms of art Uh, But we'll get into that more later, I think. Mm -hmm. The other thing, this is just minor, but the other thing that I just found refreshing about this book was it was a book um, with a queer main character with a conflict with their parent, and the conflict with their parent was not that they are queer. Yes, absolutely. Casual queers casually existing. Friction with parents around queerness does appear in this book, but it's not huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's like it does drive some of the plot. Uh, for one of the characters but like yeah we see a kind of a diversity of queer families and it's sort of fun because I feel like that's right like now we're starting to see older millennial parents in books so it makes sense Mm -hmm. that this is starting to change Uh, it's really nice to see that reflected also just want to put it out there that like Raffi's mother is not a good person no she's not a good mother and I just want to make sure it's really clear that like I'm talking about this relationship but like it is a relationship that is a bad relationship with a parent who is not doing what she should be doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that the book the book does actually like address mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to a degree. Like I I have sort of mixed feelings. Part of me is like, hmm, I wonder if like I would have liked it to like explore that a little bit more. But on the other hand, it's like, well, that's also like I feel like it's very true to life that he like he sort of thinks about her as potentially an abusive parent very very briefly at one point but Mm -hmm. doesn't really come back to it which I think is very very true to life in terms of like how having a like borderline abusive parent or a problematic parent can be yeah you brought up sort of craft versus art and I I like that I want to dig into that a bit so like I mean I personally uh, uh I have my own personal feelings about distinctions between high art and low art and as you said like more accessible art and I do like I kind of always I have a little trouble with the idea of accessible versus inaccessible art because I think that all good art should be accessible like Mm -hmm. I I really think that anybody should be able to understand a piece of art on some level (laughs) not that like every kind of art is everyone's cup of tea but, like, I, I always have some trouble with the idea that, like, art has to be related to pop culture to be accessible, because I don't think that's true. That's really fair. This is very, very interesting, because I was actually, I meant accessible in a completely different way, but you were also making a really interesting point. Oh, fun. Well, tell me what you meant. I meant accessible in terms of creating. Basically, I meant, like, financially accessible. Oh, um, I see. In, 
in terms of like she is very against arts and craft stores and popular art and art that is made like I think that her her sort of lines about art are extremely classist in terms of she is not interested in the kind of art that is made with materials that you can buy easily and cheaply. And she is not interested in the kind of art that has like a sort of like low like skill or education barrier to entry. Like she is not yeah, she she devalues she devalues art that is that is accessible to create. Um, I, I promise I am not just trying to be difficult, um, but I would actually also argue that as somebody who has done both crafting and fine arts, as I know you are as well, um, mm-hmm. I don't actually think that cosplay is more financially accessible than, say, drawing or painting or something like that. And I don't know, like, this is becoming more, uh, man, we're going all over the place today. Um, <laughs> but like... I, I, I'm just trying to tease out what exactly, like, I can't put my finger on it because I don't think it is about money. I think it's about, it's about distribution. Like, she wants art to be exclusive uh, rather mm. than inclusive. Um, and I think accessibility in, not in the sense of either of the ways that we just put it, but maybe it's accessibility in the sense that it is, like, something you can see easily right you can go on instagram and browse tons of cosplay or pinterest and browse tons of cosplay and the skills are very crowdsourced and this is kind of where her own hypocrisy comes in because she also doesn't want raffi to go to art school she's very much just like float around and find your thing but not that thing you have to do a different thing you have to do it my way (laughs) um yeah the distinction between like so-called high art and so-called low art gets very complicated and it really does just seem to be high art is the art that I like and low art is the art that you like and that I don't um that I don't get yeah that's really fair like it's true cosplay is definitely like not an inexpensive hobby which is I was sort of conscious of that being a little bit where where my Thing breaks down I think I was thinking specifically of her disdain for that specific store mm-hmm. which is a store where you can get sort of accessible art supplies mm-hmm. but I think that's a very good point it's not so much about price necessarily is about availability and and because it's sort of ubiquitous and available it is not worthwhile yeah and there's like a something I've thought about quite a lot uh, as a costumer is that I find that my instinct is always to make things as authentic and, like, out of as valuable materials and stuff as I can. But, Mm -hmm. like, when you're doing cosplay or theater costuming or whatever, it's really just about the look. It's about making it look really good, even if it's not functional or, you know, sturdy or something. Um, So there's definitely, and I guess this comes back to, like, price, too, there's definitely, definitely uh, are these accessible supplies somehow subpar because you can get them in, you know, what is essentially a, like, Michael's craft store. Oh, my God. I have to say the craft store, though. I wanted to go there and live there. Oh, yeah. It sounded like it, it was like like Michael's, but like like fantasy Michael's. Yeah. And Michael's was, like, one of my favorite places growing up as a teenager, which is deeply unsurprising, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess like 
I when I think about the like craft versus art distinction that uh, Evie Raffi's mom is so into um, I actually found myself thinking a lot about this podcast which I initially before we really started talking about it started conceptualizing as kind of just a way to spite my English literature education Um, because I know I've talked about this before but like I spent my English lit degree reading all the classics but then reading YA lit for fun and being like well why can't I do like lit crit on this I want to do lit crit on this and so there definitely is like I did feel a little rallying around Raffi there of just like yeah you do your cosplay your cosplay is artistic and cool and its own thing and it's great that you're doing it uh and you know there's room in the world for for the Hemingways and the Sarah Dessens and the Ryan Lasalas um and I like that I like that message it's a nice message mm-hmm. I also feel like the book itself very just like not overtly but subtly just like completely tears the argument that what Raffi is doing is not art to shreds because you get such an intimate look at his process and the immense skill that goes into it but also the immense creativity um, and one of Evie's biggest critiques of of cosplay is that you know it's not original. You're just you're you're just you're just copying someone else's designs. You're just making something that somebody else has already designed. But you see Raffi, and you also see sort of descriptions of other competitors. None of them are actually just creating costumes from fiction. They are taking concepts from fiction and doing something interesting with them and then bringing it to life. So it's not just sort of imitation, it's also a form of adaptation, which I think is a really interesting art form in general. And yeah, so I feel like sort of by describing Raffi's process and by like seeing this window into the cosplay world, you also just, it it just shows how clearly Evie's arguments make no sense. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it is such beautiful art too. Like the descriptions make it very clear that it's really really beautiful. I was reminded of uh several years ago now, I guess maybe like 5 years, maybe a little more. Um I was in Seattle and visiting family and uh just happened upon an exhibition by the World of Wearable Art which is a, a foundation that exists. I think they're in they're in New Zealand or Australia. I can't remember. But um, they are just entirely a collection of, of wearable art. And uh, it's incredible. Um, walking around was, was just an immensely rewarding, inspiring, satisfying experience. And uh, I loved it. I was just like, it was one of the things that made me like get back into costuming, honestly, because it was so cool. Um, and that's really what cosplay is, you know, it's wearable art. Like, yes, you're creating a character, but when you see serious cosplayers like, uh, Raffi and like Luca, they're not just replicating a character. It's not just derivation. They're replicating and interpreting and, and adding a new layer and really good cosplay. Now, I don't make cosplay, but I do really enjoy looking at other people's cosplay and really good cosplay um, puts a spin on it uh, and that's I mean like like what yeah what else is art really than people picking up something someone else did and reinterpreting it over and over and over again 
Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that if like if Evie was a real person and I could yell at her, I would say to her is that like all all art is derivative to some degree. Yeah. Like yeah, hundred percent. No art is created in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just the difference between openly citing your sources mm-hmm. and and not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know, I I uh, so much of her objection is just about status. So much of her objection mm-hmm. is just about impressing her cool art friends. And that becomes so clear, like, at the end of the book. There's there's something that happens that makes it really, really obvious that the only thing Evie cares about is being affirmed by her art world friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time she has people who kind of challenge her a little bit on that, there is a just, oh, I'm so sad I can't spoil things, but there is a beautiful, wonderful, funny scene where one of Evie's friends is trying to be really understanding to Raffi about cosplay, but she really clearly doesn't understand it, and she mixes it up with furries, but in like a very warm, enthusiastic way, and it is adorable, and I love it to pieces. I feel like that's not a spoiler, that's just a delightful thing that happens. No, it's so sweet and <laughs> hilarious and delightful. Um, that scene is just very well written and very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, it's so good. I love it. And it also really, like, reveals <laughs> how much of Evie's whole shtick is bullshit and uh, um, how she's just not a very good mom. Mm-hmm. We have not talked about romance at all, and this is a romance. It is. It's good. I love that they're, that it's a, like, boy-for-boy romance that has a bisexual main character who is prominently bisexual and never refers to him as anything but himself as anything but bisexual. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. I liked yeah. that a lot. I also liked that, like, I mean, it's a story about two people who have broken up, um, so there's that, but I really enjoyed the way it's written. It's written in in alternating chapters, uh, different time points. So you get the story of the Comic-Con, which is not called Comic-Con. It's called Controverse. Controverse, yes, which is cute. It's told in alternating chapters, so you get the backstory and the story, the front story, um, all at the same time. And I thought that was really effective in this one. Yeah, yeah, it's it was... It was very effective. Um, like, not... You're slowly piecing together what has happened um, as as things are progressing, and it's very, it's very well done. I also just, I really... I really liked the relationship in this, in this story, and I really liked, like, both the breakup and the resolution felt very, like real and good and realistic and also like like I feel like semi-frequently in books you will get a breakup and then a a reconciliation and it's like I don't know if that reconciliation actually should have happened though because this didn't feel like it was healthy whereas this I I didn't feel that skepticism about this one yeah no absolutely this is like it it's I feel like I have been seeing more in YA literature stories about couples who have broken up where it's really clear that the breakup was kind of just a blunder and that like can be fixed with communication. I mean, fixed whether that's getting back together or becoming friends or, you know, whatever it is. But 
I feel like there's been so much good conflict negotiation and conflict resolution modeled in recent YA lit. It makes me really happy. And this book is uh, absolutely um, one of those really, really excellent conflict resolution uh, books. Um, and I really like that there is more than just two people involved. Like there's a whole friend group who are all kind of involved in working it out and loving each other and working together even when they're really competitive with each other. Yeah, there's just there's just a lot of things that are really, really well done. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say also, like, I love, I like the friendships in this book a lot. Particularly, like, I really like the friendship with um, with Rafi and his best friend. Mm-hmm. I like there are ways there are ways in which we see Rafi being kind of a shitty friend, and then and then we see him correcting for that, which I think is super important. Like without getting too into details, like Rafi makes a promise to his friend fairly early in the narrative, and then is faced with a really compelling reason to want to ask her for permission to get out of that promise, and she actually even offers it to him. Um, and he's like, no, I promise this. I'm I'm not going back on that. Yeah. And I really love that. I think that's really important. Yeah, I really, really liked that moment as well. That was a very good moment. Yeah. Yeah, I really like... Ugh, this is just a really good book. Small, Another like small point, which wasn't a main focus of the book or a central focus at all. Um, but there's just like the, the sex that happens is nicely alluded to and nicely written. The like relationship. So this is in a flashback. There's not an ongoing relationship. It's a flashback relationship. It's mm-hmm. written very intimately and very warmly, uh, in a way that I thought was really beautiful. Now, if you like look up Ryan Lasala's social media, also like Ryan Lasala is like a nice man who crafts things all the time, and I feel like this is like definitely in some ways an autobiographical character, and I'm kind of a sucker for that. Like I know it's really common with first books, but I really like it. I like being able to like look him up and be like, "Oh, you made a lily pad hat for Twitter," like that's nice. I like that, mm-hmm. um, and especially like you know this year, everybody's been at home. Crafting is at an all time high. Like I enjoy the sort of unhinged could a depressed person make this energy uh, that comes off of that and I like like I think the fact that he makes things really shows um, in the books because it's written with such an attention to detail I also like that Rafi is a streamer like he's not just a cosplay artist sort of hidden away he um, he streams his cosplay and has like a bunch of followers and fans uh, because that's also such a huge part of the cosplay world um, is the community online and he's very involved in that and that's very significant in the book uh, and I just thought that was cool like because that's real <laughs> and like like holy crap like if you're somebody who doesn't really like who doesn't really know much about cosplay I really encourage you to look it up because like the art is incredible and a lot of the time these are people who have just been teaching themselves in their bedrooms um, because they want to and they know how to like tailor and sculpt and put together tearaway cloaks and like they know how to use everything and they're all just teaching each other online and it's excessively cool it's very cool yeah this book very much made me want to like I didn't know much about cosplay and it very much made me want to like go down a deep dive rabbit hole of like cosplay YouTube videos also just really brief correction I'm not sure if we know that Ryan LaSala identifies as a man so just, I'm just going to point that out there. 
their their Twitter bio says any pronouns, so I just I'm, I don't know. Okay, person, good correction. But yeah, there's definitely there's just like such like loving detail given to the descriptions of like art and creation, which is really lovely. Oh, I just because I do this, I want to talk about the Boston of it because I know that you're not mm-hmm. familiar with Boston, but um um Rafi's house is in Somerville, my house was in Cambridge, which is one town over. And I spent a lot of time on the metro and I loved seeing the like commuter rail from Providence to Boston get shouted out. And I loved seeing Davis Square get shouted out. And I really enjoyed seeing a high school book that was like in places that I just know so intimately from my own high school experience. That was very fun. So for any listeners who are familiar with the greater Boston area, um, it's a super fun read for that. I liked it a lot. I really, really miss Boston. I haven't been back in a very long time. And it will be one of the first places I travel when travel is allowed again in 10 years. That's lovely. Um, were all the like cafes and stuff that they talk about, were those real places? Um, I, I thought they were invented. But to be fair, I have not lived in Boston in 11 going on 12 years. So probably there are a bunch of new cafes that I don't know about. That's fair. I, I I also assumed they were invented, and then you were talking about all the references, and I was like, ooh, were these things actually references to real things? No, I think uh, the references are, are more, I mean, obviously, like, Dunkin' Donuts is real, and I miss it every day, but, um, like, the metro, the subway stations, uh, like, mm. he talks about Park Street Station and South Station, which are probably the T stations that I made the most transits at in high school. Like I had my first kiss in Park Street Station. Like it's 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 really like very because I took the the subway across town to get to school every day, and so because we had a really long commute, and kind of all my classmates were kind of from all over the the city because we went to a private school uh, in the inner city. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of socializing happened on the T. So okay. like because you'd be like taking the tea for an hour home at the end of the school day so that was where you'd like flirt and hold hands and talk about stuff and oh god one time in seventh grade somebody one of my classmates sixth grade one of my classmates (laughs) opened my backpack and then was like why do you have underwear in your backpack and then all of his friends had to be like you do not ask that question so everything just happened on the subway um (laughs) And it was it was nostalgic. The especially the um, commuter rail. So when he takes the the train back from Providence to Boston, it's not a regular train. It's the commuter rail, like the like the suburban train, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes yeah. all the way to Providence because Boston and Providence aren't very far apart. Um, and that is the train that I actually took, like specifically the Boston to Providence line to get from downtown Boston to uh, where my school was in Hyde Park. Um, every morning. <laughs> so that was really, I was just like, I know that train so well. That's really cool. Yeah. So it was really fun. I really liked that. That was fun. I miss Boston a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this was a delightful book and that you should read it because it's it's fun and diverting and lovely. It really is fun. Like for anybody who loves like cosplay, costuming, competition shows, fashion, um cuteness gayness kisses soccer crafts craft stores boston books by someone named ryan there's just so many options here thanks for listening to yeah 
If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. Incidentally, if you don't like the show and are like, good God, make this better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out, as always, to our patrons, Catherine, Reshi, Erica, Stetchberry, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhoff, Chantal Thomas, Maddie, Dever, Megan, Jane, Emily Patton, and Emmett Cameron. <gasps> we love you so much. We also have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. I'm not going to list a bazillion categories of what kind of friends might like it again. I already did that at the end of the episode. Go listen to it again. Special thanks, as always, to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tevra Jenny, and that's me, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Sorry, I don't know. I, I got in some weird energy at the end. That is entirely fair. I'm October Jones, Hi, and this I'm is- I'm Fish with Legs. I'm a fish I'm with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs, starring me and my best friend, <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. Bye! I'm Tom Zalatni, executive producer of the Upford Network, and host and producer of Upford Discussion, a podcast about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. But wait, isn't Up For Discussion a comedy podcast? It sure was, but things change. It's a food show now. And it's a very, very good food show. Every week, I dig into a different ingredient, dish, meal, or cuisine with help from friends and guest experts who know way more about this stuff than I do. Do you like food? Of course you do. You're a person. So you will like this show. Go listen to it. Wherever you get your podcasts. Up for discussion. It's a food podcast now. Brought to you by the Upford Network.